1: Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with a punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with a punch. Class is in session, please be seated. Behaviors that get attention get repeated. Avoid the power struggle, cause it will get you heated. Listen to Amanda, cause she knows how to teach it. Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents out oh. to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. 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 oh.
2: Hello and welcome to Parenting with a Punch show. I am your host, Amanda Wool. I have a special guest on with me today, Michael Ruza of uh, Consulting out of Connecticut. I am super excited to have him on the show, Early Childhood Specialist. I apologize, technical difficulties. You know, we always got to love uh, when the universe just puts things in our way and we got to <laughs> push through it. So let's please give a warm welcome to Michael. Hi! Hey. Talk all about uh, early childhood and behavior, and some of the things that we specialize in. So, thanks for being open to having that convo. And let's so let's start with um, letting our viewers know what it is um, that you do your work in Connecticut.
3: Well, um, my main work is as an education manager for a community action program. I basically oversee Ten different classrooms at a couple of our sites, uh, from six weeks to five years old. Uh, two, the two sites are very different from one another. We have one, one of our sites. We have a lot of kids who have definitely gone through quite a bit of trauma. Children as young as four who've seen domestic abuse. And, okay. Um, and it definitely shows in their behavior. It's and those, yes. ones, yeah. It's actually it's it's common. The the ones who seem to have the most struggle to get through the day are the ones who actually need the, the support the most. But those are the ones that, you know, the, the average staff person has trouble seeing past the behaviors. Right. Right. Which a lot of of my work comes in is just kind of giving them the tools they need in order to give the children the tools they need. And it's, uh, some days are easier than others.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, as well, from a provider, because I've also worked, you know, in the classroom, um, you know, both been the lead teacher, been the assistant, um, maybe not so much in the preschool classroom, but yeah, it's tough when, because a lot of the providers, they don't get the training. Oh, no. For like just even just child development or especially like, the training on behavior and, and utilizing positive reinforcement would you agree?
3: Oh, absolutely. This is a, my, my there's, there's two edge managers for our program and Mike I car, we've nicknamed ourselves m because Her name is Melissa and Mike, but we're she's like the female version of me and we're so in sync when it comes to that. And we have these conversations literally it feels like every time we get together is that college is it I I got my degree in New York and New right. York, it doesn't. I don't think it matters what state you're in, or frankly, what country you're in. I don't think that <laughs> yeah. overall staff they get they get the academics. They get well. This is how you. This is developmentally where children should be. This is how you. Right. You know the, the fundamentals, but no, uh, they don't get. They get into the classroom, and I just remember coming out of college and going into the classroom and touching teaching first grade in a the charter school and just going, Oh my God. (laughs) Right. I, I had children who used language that I hadn't heard until I was an adult. (laughs) 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 This child is repeating. And like, like for instance, this child's repeating first grade and like, right. And I go, well, now I understand why this child doesn't care about her spelling test. Frankly, she's worried her mother is going to kick her out of the house. Literally. I mean, Right, and this yeah. is and now. I've got children who are seeing these kind of things at this much younger age. But people coming out of college have they have no idea what they're getting into. None. Yeah, it's so, so true. So much of my focus, at least you know, consulting wise, and in the program is yeah. social emotional, uh, and I've I've literally hey, I've um, literally. <laughs> I've literally told staff, I'm like, I don't – you if kindergarten – you you get slack from kindergarten teachers, we'll just have to give them slack back because I don't care how smart a parent thinks their child is or how much they've memorized or even how smart they really are for that matter. If they can't keep it – if they can't regulate themselves, then to be blunt, being the smartest person in a federal prison doesn't do your child any good as an adult. Um, great. Yes. I'm the smartest child. I'm the smartest person doing 30 years of life. Good. Yeah. Great for you. But
2: (laughs) I, you know, and I don't mean to laugh, but it's, you know, I just had a conversation with, um, a mom whom I had worked with for a short period and, um, you know, she said that exact thing. Her child is, I want to say he's now, he's now four. And she was literally made the comment about like, you know, worrying about where he would be like in the future, as far as like, you know, hitting other kids and just sort of like being aggressive. And, you know, as much as I like felt where she was coming from, you know, I wanted to be like, okay, mama, it's okay. Like take a deep breath, you know? Um, but I think, I, I love that we opened up this conversation because as we know, behavior has no prejudice and like, you know, behavior, it stems from like all walks of life. And I think you're right when you say like, you know, a lot of the kids, especially, you know, cause I've worked with, with children from all walks of life. Um, and I'm sure you have as well, but when it comes to the behavior piece in, you know, children seeing things, that they you know are just naturally stressed from from in the home right i mean it could be as simple as their parents not getting along um and it having a huge effect on their emotions and not in and, and it you know displaying in ways that like you wouldn't even necessarily think about um but it just goes to show you that when it comes to the behavior like it it, it can happen to any kid and i think where we probably see or at least in where I'm at in my location in the greater Boston area. And after leaving Brooklyn is that kids or parents rather, they have this perspective of behavior and they think like that, it's just going to go away if they don't, you know, you know, if they don't necessarily like deal with it, quote unquote, and it kind of gets swept under the rug and then it ends up getting worse like years down the line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's very
3: reactionary, and it, not to fault of any of the parents, but if they grew up just react, reacting to their environment, then right. it's almost as if some of them, rightfully so. I mean, because they're not sure what to do, they expect us to be do some of the parenting while we have them, and some of the staff are not sure what to do. My 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 other ed manager and I, we're we trying to we're working on something for work where we're trying to take pieces of social emotional programs and take the pieces that we like and incorporate them into something that that is on our own and take more of a preventive measure is what I see so often and in, in not just where I am now, but classrooms I've seen in the past, it's reactive. It's okay. This yeah. happens and now we have to fix it. And in some, right. and then it becomes, it becomes so ingrained into who they are mm-hmm. that they, you start seeing self-fulfilling prophecies Yes, you see a classroom where oh, they expect the child to act a certain way, so they start taking steps to prevent it. Like, I remember seeing this classroom where they assumed the child was going to try to run out of the room. The child was nowhere near the door, the child was upset because his mother left, right? And of course, he's you know, and (laughs) I, I have a morbid, I have a morbid. (laughs) <laughs> um, uh, metaphor for that because one of my pet peeves is when I see staff, you know early educators try to what I call logic the problem away with a child like oh, yeah. your father has to go to work so he can make money and, did, did, and they go through all these reasonable reasons that any adult will go oh yeah okay that makes sense but the child's like I don't care and I say well, if you <laughs> I say if you went to a funeral. And you wouldn't go up to somebody at the funeral and go, don't worry. In about 50 years, you'll see him again. So don't worry. You don't have to be sad about it. And <laughs> people go, well, no, of course not. That's insensitive. To that child, when their father or mother leaves for six hours, seven hours, eight hours, whatever it is, that's a loss to them. They have right. lost their parent for a right. of time. They don't have a concept of time. They've lost no. their parent. Right. But we we want to go. Okay, we'll just throw enough logic at you at four years old or three years old that you'll suddenly see the the, the wisdom of our logic and
2: right. not be upset anymore.
3: I wonder, what what I, universe does that work?
2: <laughs> because uh, you know, you know, I wish there was just like a magic wand that that we could. Oh, hi, Michelle. Nice to see you. Um. You know that we could just like click, and they would automatically, you know, comprehend like our logic. And it is like I do have to communicate this to a lot of families that I work with that their 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 level of reasoning and their comprehension is not anywhere close to where you where you think it is, and it's nice to think it is, and it's no fault to the parent. It's just the sense that. You know, they. If you don't really have much um, education on child development, then it's going to be really hard to sort of like comprehend that.
3: Oh, that's why I have to tell staff and like when they, when they have, get frustrated with parents not understanding something they're trying to convey. I'm like, you have to teach the parents because they don't know what they don't know. I mean, with exactly. in what instinctly seems to be the the you know the react. They're going to go by habit. What's reactive? They're just right. going to. And when I hear staff, you know, and none of my staff do it, but I've heard staff in the past where I've had to correct. And I've come up with this saying of children are, you have to remember children are, they're children, not short adults. Because what yeah. I, I've heard happen is, oh, that, well, he should know better. I'm like, and I want to say, no, you're 34, 44, 54, whatever the case may be. You right. You know better. You've had the years of experience, the wisdom, <laughs> you've gone through trials and tribulations. You know yeah. better. You've had it ingrained into you. You know what you... They don't! <laughs> You've been on the planet 36 years, let's say. They've been on the planet barely 36 months. Right. You can't compare, <laughs> you can't compare the two concepts, but they right. do. They. It's. I know. There's a disconnect, and it's trying to find that... Build that connection. Yeah. You know, it's we want children to learn empathy for one another, but it's almost as though I feel like there's plenty of educators, adults who need to learn empathy for the children so that they start to look things from their perspective and go, well, they should know better. And well, wait a minute. Why do I think they should know better?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it's so true, especially, especially to be able to like separate the child from behavior because I mean, you did touch upon it. Like in the, like you can't, you cannot fault the child for the behavior. And I think that's what happens a lot of the times is that, yeah, a child acts out, you know, they do something, they hit or they yell or they scream or they're throwing a tantrum. And it's like immediately the adult's reaction is to like, stop crying or stop tantruming or, you know, and it's like, it's not, like this is if, if the child could help it, the child would not be doing it. And it's up to the adults to be able to give them those tools to be able to handle their, you know, their emotional regulation in those moments of frustration. But I think it's also important to know, too, is that it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, this, right. the, it has, oh, yeah. to, it has to, to it's practice. You know, you have to be consistent and and really carry it over into like all environments.
3: No, I literally – I told a staff person a few months ago, I go, you're literally probably going to have to teach – and I gave her some examples of social-emotional skills probably Um, literally 100 times before habit, before it becomes natural. And I'm like, I'm not exaggerating that number. I'm saying – I mean it's probably going to be somewhere – like I want you to get just a general idea that it's going to be over and over and over and over and over again and to the point Mm -hmm. where you're like, oh my god, you you just – well, yeah, it's good. I mean, it's literally going to take that many times. And I like, right. I love the, the comment of my a colleague of mine said, uh, said, her, um, she, she said, she, she said, children don't wake up every morning going, I'm going to make, well, she's different wording, but I'm not going to yep. make this teacher mad, this person mad, this mad. And it's not like they had this agenda. I'm going to go potty, I'm going to have breakfast, I'm going to really tick mommy off, and then I'm going to tick daddy off. Like, no. (laughs) Yeah. They don't, they're wrestling with some emotions, especially, I mean, I've never seen domestic abuse myself as an adult. I can't imagine what that looks like from a four-year-old's perspective. Right. How do you process that?
2: And then we expect... it's interesting that you bring that up too because the 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 whole um, concept of domestic violence too is it doesn't necessarily mean that it's physical it can also be verbal oh, so wow. if the parents are you know arguing a lot in front of each other and they're they're fighting and they're yelling then that can be really really scary for a child um you know like you said like how does that you know they're if they're like you know, two, three, I mean, even five or six, right? A little, little bit older. They, you know, think about how small they are compared to their, their parent. That's like, that can be really intimidating.
3: And it's, it's, it's funny. She also made a comment that I think some, that some of the adults think, almost think that the the height difference that we're up here and the child's down here, that somehow that space creates a buffer. no. Between what we're saying and what they're hearing, I mean, they're not—they're not across the Grand Canyon. <laughs> they're, three, they're two or three feet down. They can hear us right. just because we're talking up here at five, six feet tall, and they're down here at two and a half. Doesn't mean right. that verbiage, whatever is being said, all those emotions aren't trickling down to the child. They uh-huh. still get it. They hear it. Even I mean, there's even children again, it. as young as infants. They feel that in the air. I mean, if we can feel somebody, we can walk into a room and see a person and feel that there's tension in the air in a room. Right. Then kids feel it 10 yeah. times more. And they, they can't, they have more difficulty processing it. And they can't go, okay, I know what's going on. Oh boy. They just, right. it, they, it makes it even more difficult. But I, it, yeah. I, it's just, I find it frustrating sometimes that we, we expect more out of children sometimes than we do as ourselves out of adults.
2: Right. Yeah. And it's and it's really, you know, is it's really just trying to take responsibility um as the parent and knowing that you really are the number one role model for your child. I mean, regardless of whether or not they are in a program, um, you know, you're the ones that you know that the parents are ideally the ones that they look up to and trust um you know and feel the most comfortable with so you know when when those feelings of frustration come on you know from a, as the child when it's not handled with um and I don't I I mean this isn't to to try and like you know put down any parents at all but like when it isn't handled with maturity right um it you know it's you're going to naturally have like this push pull and there's going to be um push back from the child because they don't feel heard so they're gonna get reactionary and then you have this like power struggle between the parent and child and i'm sure you can also agree with me that a power struggle between a parent and child should and never happen
3: oh, yeah. <laughs> one of the one of the best phrases i heard out of this uh gentleman is scott knowles he's he have been one of these trainings he said it takes two to takes two right. people to get involved in a power struggle. Like yeah. you choose not to <laughs> get, right. uh, mm-hmm. okay, I mean, a tug of war isn't going to happen if there's not somebody on the other end of the rope. pulling right. From the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. I, I literally, I, I, I mean, I, I just, I love the, my teachers, but I had to, to explain to one of them, he's getting frustrated with a child and he's like going, you're being rude. And she's like, no, I'm not. And I go, even if you did win that argument, first of all, does, how do you know the child even understands what the word rude means? And you, know, you won an argument with a four-year-old. Congratulations. Did she do what you wanted to? No, but you won the you won the argument. Congratulations. You get a trophy. And he's just like, right. uh, yeah, I see your point. I'm like, okay, then. I see part yeah. of the frustrations is the expectations you have. And I think going back to what you said earlier, it's a... Uh, I mean, you know, wanting you know the goal of having a change happen, I I asked the same teacher. I go, I know you're saying these strategies aren't you know the strategies the certain strategies aren't working as much or as well as you want to. And my question was, well, what is your time frame for when you expect the result? Like your, right. your the results that you want. What's your time frame associated with that? Because right. if you're expecting them to happen in a week, then. It's not the child that's the issue it's your expectations of when they occur. Yeah. I mean, no
2: it's true and I and I think um you know a lot of times you don't have the patience as the adult and you automatically you know expect to just like you know again like wave the magic wand and and you know the it, the issues just go away and it does it doesn't really you know, happen like that. There's no like overnight fix. And I think what, what parents also have to understand is a lot of times when you're creating new routines and structures, and I'm, and I know that you know this in the school environment as well is when you are implementing new things, you're going to see an escalation somewhere in terms of um, behavior. Right. It always, it's, it's going to show up in another, another form. You know, as you try and you know de uh, deescalate or basically you know get make extinct the behaviors that you're trying to change.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 having a reasonable under a reasonable expectation for when you think how fast they like said said how fast you think that change is going to happen. How right. soon you're going to start seeing any kind of results, and maybe not the, your mm-hmm. ultimate result. Uh, I've seen educators in the past go, well, yeah, well, we tried that strategy once and it didn't work. And, mm. I, go- and I, I remember going to one teacher going, I said to her, so how did you get, how did you get to work today? And she's like, well, I drove. I'm like, well, so the first time you got behind the wheel of a car, how well did she go? Like, well, she, you know, it's kind of rough. I'm like, did you suddenly go oh, Forget this. I'm just going to take the bus for the rest of my life. No, <laughs> motivate. Okay. It. So it's back to what's your motivation. If if you're if you truly desire to make a change in a child, then you've got to realize that it's not going to happen by Tuesday, and, right? Yeah, and four months down the road, and you have to be the two biggest things I I tell people, my staff, and I still anyone I've worked with is consistency and repetition. You've got to be consistent, and you've got to repeat it over and over in time. And you've got I'm starting uh, to say you've got to have you have to have be persistent too, because yeah. if you don't. If you don't persist with that repetition, and you're you're not consistent, then it's you're you're never going to get out of the cycle you want to get out of. Right, right. And yeah, I mean, you, like you said the magic wand. I think people go to trainings, go to certain circumstances where people do presentations and such on challenging challenging. And I don't like the word challenging behavior, but I don't know what other word to use for it most of the
2: time. Right.
3: What I mean, yeah. what I, I I usually do quotation marks. They go, what do you consider what feels challenging to you uh, is not necessarily challenging to me and you know, vice versa. But Right, yep. Uh, but when they go to workshops that talk about challenging behaviors, I feel like a lot of educators and parents want that – not the magic wand, but they want the magic pill. Like, right. Well, the one thing I do that will take care of the behavior and it's, there isn't. I mean, there's no, no. – I can't right. just go, okay, do this and poof. Well, maybe back in the 1940s and 50s when you did what you were told when you were told to do it but yeah those days of you know good or bad
2: have passed right No it's true it, you know I I don't know what it is I don't know if it's because of just we are so busy and we have access to so much more you know whether or not that's like social media or but it's just it's almost and I don't want to use the word lazy but it's almost just like, you know, we just have kids get married, you know, through this just like process of like elimination, like, okay, check. I did that. yeah, Uh, And then, and then you don't really comprehend, you know, what it really takes to, to parent. And you kind of just like, you know, you you don't really take it seriously enough. Um, And you wonder why we have so many, you know, kids that, that are, are acting out and, you know, the power struggles arise and, you know, we won't even get started about the mental health in our country and all of these crazy things that are going on. But I mean, that's it, but it, but it's real. I mean, these are the things that we have to get a control of um, in our children.
3: No, and I, it, it's, and it's definitely, as I said earlier, it's the children who, you know, quote-unquote act out the most are the ones who I, find, I feel like sometimes they are the easiest ones to address. Right. A child walking into this Head Start classroom that I used to work at when I was in, living in upstate New York, walking into this room, and all I had to do was put my hand on a child's shoulder, and he visibly calmed down. Right. So many yeah. children, their barometer, There's things are skyrocketing that they – they don't have to bring themselves back down, but it's so easy to go because of the chaos at home. It's so easy for them to go you know, to, for their emotions and their anxiety to spike. But coming mm-hmm. back down is almost next to impossible, especially when you have an adult going, "Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this?" Right. Yep.
2: <laughs> okay. No. Stop with the conversations until <laughs> until the child has. Until the child has calmed down. So if you, what would, what would be like your number one tip for, um, for parents of, of like the early childhood age, toddler age in terms of like trying to work on a behavior or de-escalate a situation? Uh, less talking.
3: Uh, Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I literally, like I said, just like the one child, I have this one child who, again, he gets, he'll get so worked up. And I just go in there and I hug him. I hug a child. I will just hug children, and Mm -hmm. you'll see them visibly calm down. They might still cry for a few minutes, but I don't try. And I I always I joke because one of the things I do besides consulting and the other and is I teach for the Red Cross, and we have a babysitting class. And I actually have started taking points from the babysitting class and putting it into this this training that we want that we're making because there are some basic concepts that. I wish we people were taught in college, like, okay, what's the child's motivation for doing something when you talk with a child, keep it simple, you know, consequences, natural consequences, you know, just, and I, I like the, I, I, I saw this and I forget what, how the term goes, but time in and time out. I go when I, I tell kids when I'm teaching babysitting or anything else, I go, I use time out in the sense of like a sporting event. You take a break from one another, you know, I've done this with young children. Okay. You go over here for a minute when you're calm and you're ready to talk to me, come on over and then we'll, we'll talk. I mean, you need to take a break from this for a minute.
2: Right. And it's I'm, not calling at a timeout and you're saying like, go sit in the corner. You're in a timeout. So maybe you just need a timeout from this situation so you can take a breath and I'll
3: take st- I'll take, tell staff to do that too. If they get frustrated, so there's right. like, a the bathroom. Yeah. Leave. Maybe actually go into the bathroom so you can have some privacy Get yep. it out of your system, come Right. out back into the room fresh. But yeah, like, so many kids where I just they get a hug and, and I don't ask them what's wrong or why they're doing it. Right. I'll, you just I'll, say, I'll, I'll I'll say, hey, it looks like you were mad or sad. I'm like, and then oh, and I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll,
2: it's it's okay. I have a I have a dog too. He's just he's down not down here.
3: I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what he's. He's not even <laughs> at the window. What? he uh but i i'll go you don't have and i'll i'll, I'll tell children like you don't have to tell me right now. we'll just we'll just I'll, and I'll just sit with them and right. back you know a few minutes later JoJo, i don't even know what you're barking at uh <laughs> but uh he but like i said i and they'll come back i've had i've had you know children as young as three or four come back later and go this, I was mad because of this. Or, right, oh, without you having to ask. And I uh, uh, want to talk about it now. They're like, yeah, what was what was wrong? And then they'll go, you know, so-and-so did this. I'm like, okay, well, I can, well, I can help you with that. And I, I, I like to make sure that the, some of the staff are watching me so they can see it done, going, you don't have to go over and – I mean, we would when you when your emotions are that flooded, you can't think of anything else you you right. and your brain goes into a different mode, yes, mm-hmm. adults that happens to us, yes, it does, and uh, we'll go, I'll go you know we just we need to let them calm down and then talk to them mm-hmm. because even the ones that you find the most challenging, I can get them to talk to me once their emotions have come down several octaves, and right. they're so flooded with emotions that they can't think straight mm-hmm. because so yep. often, they don't in that moment they can't even articulate what's wrong so even if they wanted to tell you they they just don't know how to get it out right and yeah so yeah. that might yeah. to do less talking and more I, I don't know it might sound more hugging. I mean, I don't know if this sounds odd coming from a guy
2: or not. No, absolutely. No, it's true. These, that's what these kids need. I mean, they're, they're babies. They, and they don't, I just had this conversation with a client I think today actually about, you know, they don't, like you said earlier too, they don't want, they don't wake up to try and like get, get, get back at like their parents. They want to see their parents happy because when their parents are happy, they're happy. Right. And, and that's this natural like that's just the natural order of things that's 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 how they you know the children are naturally happy and they want
3: i mean so many children, even the ones that people find the most challenging want i I firmly believe, want a connection with someone yes I, I, so many parents I've seen that walk in and you see the kids holding their cell phone and watching a video or or the right. parents are talking on the phone while they're walking out. I mean, I, we had a parent the other day who was walking out of the building and the f- child, I forget how old it was, goes, bye-bye or, or thank you or some, thank you to something. Uh, and the mother's like, why did you say thank you? And she was talking on her cell phone. I'm like, the three-year-old or the five-year-old, whatever it was, they recognized something that somebody did that was nice for them. The parent wasn't paying attention and they got frustrated for a second going, why are you saying that? Well, maybe if you were paying attention and interacting with your child because you hadn't seen them all day, you would have <laughs> yep. caught on to the pleasant exchange that was happening between your child and another adult.
2: Oh, man. You your bless, bless these parents and all these little baby souls. <laughs> Seriously. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So less talking, less, less talking for all of my parents that are tuning in to today's episode, make sure you do less talking when your children are emotional, acting out, throwing a tantrum, you're feeling like you're engaging in a power struggle, less talking.
3: <laughs> Just be in the moment with your child. Yes. Yes.
0: So
3: many, I say it's like so many children don't feel like they, they don't get that just time that mm-hmm. I mean uh, we have a mental health consultant who's working with some of our families and she made a comment not it wasn't one of our families but that she actually had to talk with a parent she was working with about you know just DVing up DVRing like The Walking Dead or I think that was her favorite show and going mm-hmm. you know what spend, spend a half an hour just she actually had this – I don't want to say it's prescribed, but for lack of a better term, prescribed 20 yeah. minutes a day where she just spent time reading or just with her undivided attention with her child. Yeah. To the point yeah. where some families, we have to go spend half an hour every day not doing anything else. Just focus on your child. Right. Yep. See what dividends that plays because you'll probably see a con- considerable change in your child from that – and they, they may not be getting
2: that yeah no it, it can definitely make a difference and I and I do agree because that's definitely something that I sort of implement um, with the families like action plan you know with the families that I work with so it can definitely 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 make a huge difference in you know spending that that time and it can be small increments and then you can gradually you know increase whatever it is but you'd be surprised how much it can make a difference
3: yeah, I mean, I mean, and I've done done from the educational perspective of this as well, going, if you want your child to be able to read better or be a better, or be a reader earlier in life, take right. out of every day and read to your child. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is, read to your child, because three times a day, that shows a child's reading level will be much higher than a parent who doesn't do that. And I think if you take right. that and do this, take it on the flip side and do that with from a social-emotional perspective, you're like... Okay, you want a more balanced child, you want a happier child, you want to have a stronger bond with your child, then mm-hmm. create that bond by you know, turning off the TV or right. putting Facebook down for a little while and remember mm-hmm. that you put a, another human being into the world and right. for the next eight, you know so many years, this this, right. this other human being is going to depend on you. And one way or yeah. that child is going to get your attention. Uh, Right. And I think parents and plenty of adult, you know, plenty of, you know, I say the same thing in the children in the babysitting classes, like children don't understand the difference between right and wrong. They just know, hey, this gets me attention. It works. I'm going to do it again because it worked again. I'm going to keep doing it as long as it keeps working
2: right yeah no, and i hear i hear often too from some parents like you know well they know that it's wrong and they know that they're not supposed to do it but what they don't understand is they don't have the impulse control and that's right. the impulse control comes in much later in life
3: <laughs> well, yeah and like we was i go uh, one of the <laughs> I, go, I, I and i said but i almost I, seriously i just Looking through the, the, the my the manual for the babysitting class, I go. Well, you know what? Maybe this should be instituted into college classes because I don't feel like I got this when I was in college, and we're teaching this to teenagers, uh, right? Uh, but it's yeah, uh, like <laughs> don't ask your child why they did something because, frankly, like you said, if they're being responsive and they're just reactive they're just doing it because in the moment it just felt like the right thing to do and so they did it they don't know why it's right you know this young this little boy or girl just sat there wrote wrote out the pros and cons of i don't know (laughs) writing on the wall with a marker (laughs) with a permanent marker i'll see what are the pros and cons of this of doing this Uh, no they say oh i've got a marker there's colors hey there's some there's space for it right <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that and the concept of no. I'm like yeah. I, I literally I, I tell kids and I and uh, early you know teachers new teachers you, know, if you want one if you want to one, do one simple action to relieve your frustrations stop asking a child why they did something. Mm-hmm. And second of all, get over yourself when you hear the word no. Right, because if you think about it, it's almost the younger you are the fewer choices you get to have. I almost like I made the the, the the analogy of the metaphor of thinking of this every year. You get a year. Every time you get a year older, you know, the world, you know, the universe or gave you gives you another choice. That's your birthday present. If nothing else, you get to make right. a choice in your life yep. that you didn't have before. Right. The flip side of that is the younger you are, the more choices somebody else gets to make for you. Mm hmm. And right how, and that can be frustrating i mean obviously nobody likes to be bossed around but we're okay right. with doing it to kids and then getting frustrated when they
2: they just want a choice <laughs> right yeah no it's true you know make giving them choices um you know and being specific with the choices like one or two is the way to go not giving them like five choices because right. that's you're just setting yourself up, you and your child up for failure. Oh, no. I, I, yeah. There's there's actually, I mean,
3: there's research to back up that having too many choices easy as an adult can right. be overwhelming. It can actually have a
2: negative psychological impact on you. It's true. They actually say the more successful people um, are the ones that make decisions quickly. Yeah. That's yeah. real. I, you I, have, I, I can make a decision. Different.
3: I compare giving children choices to like going to a restaurant. I mean, right. in the sense of there, you as an adult or as the older child, as the babysitter, whatever the case may be, you pick the choices we're going to give to them like we would if we went to a restaurant and the restaurant gives you, okay, this is our menu. These are the choices you can pick from. You can't right. simply walk into a McDonald's and go, give me uh basket the <laughs> shrimp and – um, right. A little, a, some red wine. They would look at you like you're in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, so you've got. To, I mean, if we, if we just. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's. To me, it doesn't seem like it's. It's lot rocket science, but
2: right. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, but unfortunately, I think um, because there's so much judgment in parenting that a lot of parents feel that they are I don't know it's like reaching out for help that there's like this you know that they're a bad parent right, right. So it's just we need to like break the stigma of, of asking for support when our children are you know having a hard time and that even goes for you know two year olds yeah um, you know, because most of the clients that come to me that are older, they started seeing issues when they were toddler age. And they, again, oh, they'll grow out of this. And it's like, no, like the early childhood is the really the most opportune time to create the change that you want and give them a healthy, you know, mode of communication and where you really like instilling that, um, you know, appropriate um you know, connectability, like with adults, <laughs> emotional intelligence. Yeah, I yeah, there's
3: definitely. I, I I mean, I remember first hearing the concept of emotional intelligence, and as the years have gone on, I I more and more firmly believe in the 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 in the adage that, or the the perspective that emotional intelligence is far more important than uh, IQ. I mean, it just
2: and academics, yeah, I agree
3: with everything going on in our uh, society as a whole, I mean, you've got to have that. If you can't, like I said, you can be the smartest person on the planet, but if you can't emotionally process, having, you know, getting into an emotional coma or an anxiety tactic, you know. Right. That limits every purposes cripples you. Right. It doesn't do you any good to be able to go, well, it, I mean, how many times have you heard? Of, I mean, I've thought of it myself. Go well, intellectually, you know. Intellectually, I know this is not I, this is not something I need to worry about. But somehow, I'm still concerned about it. Like, right. yes, I know logically that this is not something to be concerned about. But my other half of my my brain is going, no, I'm worried about it. Right. But yeah,
2: no, it's true. It's very, I, very part of, um, I think some of the
3: issues that. <laughs> And not to make laugh of it, but it's just say, I think of my niece as that some of the things she did when she was, you know, that toddler age that were when she said something was cute and funny, like, right. oh! But then it loses its novelty, and when the child's doing it, it later, you know, three and four and five and six and seven, it's no, it's not so cute anymore, and they just want the, the child right. to doing that behavior. Well, right? You've reinforced it Exactly. It cute the when they were there's... younger. Now. Yeah become a habit and you're frustrated but just because you don't want them to do it anymore doesn't mean that they automatically are going to stop doing it because
2: Mm -hmm. well hey but
3: you liked it before
2: right (sighs) yeah no it's true I agree this is uh, behavior 101 so I I really hope that uh, our viewers that tune in to either catch the replay here or the audio uh, which will be uploaded this evening that they Really take away some jewels and and really um, know that they're not alone and you know reaching out for that support actually makes them stronger and there's nothing yeah. wrong with it because the kids need your the kids need their parents to like be supportive and if that means hiring a professional that knows what they're doing then that's what you need to do. Now I I if I could. Honestly, if I could have
3: one wish, I well, wish there were, I, I would. I wish for more parents to seek out counseling or support. You know, some kind of support for their children. Because right. I mean, I, I I'm grateful for the staff I have, and because some of them, I don't I don't know how they get through the day some days. Right. And, yeah. I th- I know that they would put be even more dedicated or be able they would be less burnt out some days if they could just get the parents to you know bring their child to a clinic or uh, a counselor I mean e- right. if they're getting state funded insurance they can get they can get, go see a counselor I know parents would do it it's just getting those parents to go and actually follow through with that because There's right. be stigma but like, we can only well, do so much
2: Right. Yeah. And the one, well, the trouble part is to see when I was living in New York, kids would get services. Um, well in the school obviously, but as far as, um, out here and I don't know what it's like in Connecticut, but the services don't exist. And as you know, I go into the home. So it's a totally different environment than, you know, sitting with the child in their office.
3: Right No, And I've seen that in some counties in Connecticut and others, they have that support yeah, I think it depends. Yeah. Uh, what we find trouble, it, 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 it tends to vary from one school district to another how, yep. how collaborative they are. Some are great, right. like, and others are, It's it feels like, I don't know, it's not necessarily hitting a brick wall, but it's oh, not geez. conducive to providing adequate support for the
2: child. Right, yeah. And like, I mean, it's really tough because I think that there's just so many, or there's limited resources for our families. Um, but you know, the way I look at it is, you know, there are resources out there if you talk to the right people, right. Um, and you know, the support is there. You just have to be open and willing to get that support. And you know, I'm sure any and every parent that has re- that has gotten the support. Um, is extremely grateful and has and has seen the change and you know knows the profound effects it's going to have on their family for like years and years to come. I think the unfortunate, and I, I think
3: it goes across uh, income levels and races. It I don't think it matters. It overall too many of us nowadays only do things when we reach a point where we have to do them.
2: Right, exactly. And it's that, and at that point, you're, you, it's already so stressful. And, you know, for the provider, it's, it, it is, it's, it's naturally going to be that much more work. I thought, then If you, you know, decided to reach out when you like sort of just began to see, you know, different things that you sort of, you know, aren't used to, or even just like red flags, or even, you know, parents listening to their, you know, going with their gut. I think a lot of times, you know, they have a concern and they kind of just get swept under the rug. And then, you know, they go about their merry way and then comes back up again. Um, and then, then before you know it, it's three years later.
3: Right. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it, it, with, with regards to academics, I you know and children who, de- who need services for speech or. Whatever the case may be, I'll say it was speech therapy. I've seen parents who resist getting it done because, again, just like with the social emotional component, they're worried about the stigma, and will right. resist getting it done. But because they don't have to, but once they hit grade school, eventually, you know, the public schools are going to go. Well, this is not a choice anymore.
2: Right? Yeah, what, they're they're going to have this?
3: to. So mm-hmm. they'll res- resist us because they don't have to. There's no mandate to make them do it. Right. Uh, so if they're not up open to it, or they're feeling concerned, and I, when it comes to like the academic piece, I try to stress the parents. think of it as as not counseling, as um, um, tutoring. Like, right. Your child just needs help with in this area. It doesn't mean your child isn't good at this. They just need right. some tutoring. I mean, if your child was in college and they had a math tutor, no one would think anything of it. It's just right. Exactly. Thing. It's the same thing but uh yeah i think it's even harder with the social emotional piece the mental health piece cuz they're worried even more so about that stigma right. and i'm not sure <laughs> i think it depends depends on the parent how to get past that that wall right. right
2: yeah no i agree and i and i i will try every damn day to do what i can on my end and i know you're doing everything that you can on your end and that's really all we can do cuz it just takes you know, one person and, you know, and it just, it trickles down, but we have to like come together as a community and, and stop looking at behavior as this like bad, <laughs> you know, like that the chat, you know, it just get the support, get the support and it, behavior can be changed.
3: I, yeah, I, t- I tell staff and kids that I work with I, that work with younger children, uh, yeah. you look at that behavior, like a, a foreign language, you have to right. try to translate it. what is that what is that behavior telling you? It's not just you've got to see beyond it. It's they're conveying a need. The, the right. trick is finding out what, what that need trigger. is. Mm-hmm. once you can figure that out, then you can work towards a solution. Okay. Right. The tricky part is going, okay, they're doing this, this, and this, but what's the why behind it? right.
2: And every child is going to have a different why. And there's different behaviors that are going to show up, you know, in different environments and different occasions. And it's not necessarily going to always be the exact same, you know, I, I I get it. I know it can be tricky if you don't have, you know, the behavior brain, <laughs> which I feel like is constantly in running mode all the time. But, you know, that's because it's what I do, right? It's my expertise, but so I understand how it can be overwhelming for parents. But I just, like I just said, you know, if if I can work every day to try and take that stigma away and and sort of like open up the communication, I think you know we'll we'll all be better off because then we have you know more kids running the streets that are happier, healthier, more emotionally you know intelligent and can handle the social. The social stuff. Because guess what? When you get older, it's going to get harder and life is going to throw you curveballs, and you've got to learn how to get back up and keep moving. And if you don't have those tools in place for the social emotional development, no word of a lie, it will be more difficult the older you get. And I know that you, I know that you also know that. No, that's uh, honestly, that's, that's why over the last several
3: years, that's been more of my focus when I'm working, doing workshops or doing consulting right. it's just mm-hmm. focus more on the social emotional and cognitive aspect but right it's as i said i mean it's it's the children are not getting mentally healthier it seems like they're getting worse yeah and i didn't want you know i didn't want to say worse but again that's i mean i've heard other colleagues saying that it just feels like we're getting more and more behaviors and the children aren't getting i said uh, i mean it's
2: yeah it, it i know it, for us because we because we live and we live and breathe it, it it can get you know it can get frustrating you know when we know that there's resources out there to get the support but yeah i mean i just i just think it's you know as a society we evolve so we just have access to like so much more stimulation you know hence social media right uh, and distractions that we kind of like you know, there's kind of just not that that mentality of like it takes a village anymore. Right. Um, and you know, the more that as a society we sort of recognize that, then the easier it's going to be.
3: No, I I just I, I keep coming back to the thought of connection. I, I still remember this little boy walking right. walking around a classroom, and he purposely he didn't he didn't slam anything. He wasn't the kind of child who threw things, but he walked mm-hmm. around and kept. Tipping things over that would make a noise, and every time he tips, <laughs> he tips something over. He would literally find an adult in the room to make to look at, and I'm sitting right. watching, observing, and going, "Somebody noticed this because he's purposely pausing after every time he knocks something over to see what. That <laughs> somebody notices it. He, yep. I'm like, if you, and I think part of the, I think. Unfortunately, what I think reinforces the behaviors that parents and uh, educators keep seeing is that we get so blinded to or so fixated on the behaviors that we're stressed are going to happen that those are the only behaviors we end up seeing. So when a right. child does something, quote unquote, positive, right, it, they, the, the adults in the room or the adults around them are completely oblivious to it. Because yeah, they're, they're not paying attention. But well, they've become so conditioned to seeing certain behaviors. Mm-hmm. The child does a behavior that actually is positive that the teacher or adult or the parent would want to see. They're conditioned not to notice it.
2: Right.
3: So, so the child goes, "Well, why should I bother then? Because when right. I do this, it doesn't. I don't get any attention. But I when I do attention. this, I
2: get attention. Right. So I'm going to keep doing B. Right. Yep. Behaviors that get paid attention to get repeated. One hundred. Yeah, I mean it's it's a reward system in a
3: sense, right? Yeah, like they're getting a sticker for pushing some another child or breaking something, but it's still getting what they desired. It's still meeting their needs. So why not keep doing it? I, I, I don't
2: know. How can you fault that logic? Right. Yeah. No, it's true. It's definitely true. I mean, I, I just, I love, 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 love talking about behavior. (laughs) I feel like I could talk about it for days on end. It's just, it continues to be such a fascinating topic for me. And especially, you know, in the early childhood years um, and really just knowing how much control as adults we can have um, in a child's life when it comes to behavior um, and understanding that it's all forms of communication, um, you know, I think that will hopefully open up some more um, open communication, you know, surrounding it. I get one of the best
3: comments from a parent um, a few weeks back. And it wasn't it was not even something that I thought was more so profound, but it's just because it's just my mindset. That he goes. You said something to me one time when we had to come and show up the our, ch- our child. You know, so and so Nate was acting up in the classroom, and he goes. You said to me that there. You know, he's not a bad child. There's no bad children. There's just you know bad choices or something along those lines. And I'm like, I honestly don't think there are any bad children out there. Even the ones who are literally pulling at your last nerve, right? Left. You know, I mean, maybe literally left a bruise on you. I right. Child, there's no bad child because I mean I convinced young you know four year olds and three year olds that they're not bad or their classmates aren't bad and got to the point where I've heard them go one child say to another oh stop being a bad boy and another child go no he's not a bad boy he just made a bad choice I'm like saying, oh I love <laughs> it I love it <laughs> this parent goes thank you because now I don't look at my child as being bad I think he, basically his perspective changed right because if if a child may not understand the word bad or what that that perception means but they know how it feels mm-hmm. and if a child is convinced that they're bad then no matter what kind of punishment or discipline and i'm almost to the point where i don't even like the concept of positive positive discipline because not because of the the concept inherently but too often i feel like the word discipline is disguised as a polite way of saying punishment but people don't say punishment they go oh it's discipline but we all right. know they're really punishing the child they're just calling it discipline and they don't. <laughs> i'm like no you know uh, uh you know it can get tricky dog, dog poop on the ground no matter how nice it smells it's still dog poop <laughs> 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 uh so you can call it something else but we all know that what you're really doing even if you don't realize it right and as like I said, I so I don't I, I yeah for God probably a good ten or fifteen years now, and I've been in early childhood seal for God over twenty, and I like I stopped thinking not that I ever call the child bad, but I started like actively saying you I don't want to you know telling staff that I work with I'm, like don't say the word bad parents I'm, like, your child's not bad they just made a choice that you don't like but right. like, yeah. teach them. What to do, or give them the resources, or what are they? What resources are they missing? What skills are they missing? And then, if we want them to do this certain thing, then we need to give them the skills to be able to do that, and not be convinced that they're bad, they're doing it on purpose. Or right. that's going to be like, Psh, if if I mean, even as adults, if we don't think there's a chance of being successful at something, we're not going to. That's
2: change. never going to happen.
3: <laughs> so, mean, even more so with a child, the child's well, frankly, you know, if the if the adults think I'm that bad off or don't care, then why put the effort in? And I, how do you fault sure. that logic?
2: Yeah, no, it's true. And this is I this is a lot of I think of of what we're seeing. And then the children internalize it and it now becomes just second nature and they just you know, they're just going about their merry way and they're going to continue to do the things that, you know, that you, quote unquote, don't like <laughs> as the parent or the educator. And you just end up, you know, being involved in this vicious cycle and it never changes. No. Until you recognize it. <laughs> that, you know, different different uh, different ways need to be implemented in order to actually see the change. <laughs> that's That's why I... I, I push my staff
3: to reflect, and when I ha- when they're asking me for support, I, right. I ask of questions. I had, I had one staff the other day go, why is it whenever I ask you about something, you you, you 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 throw a question at me? I'm like, because I want you to critically think about what you're coming to me su- with support for, so that way you can process this on your own, and then, you, the, like you said, the cycle doesn't keep going. Right. Like, <laughs> so they can figure I out. Through what you're asking me about. And right. Critically think about why this is happening. Reflect on it. So that way, hopefully, your mindset opens up and you actually go, oh, okay, wait a minute. I see this pattern now.
2: Right. Yep. Because it is. It's all about patterns. And, and you know, you don't even realize that the patterns are happening. But if you're continuing to see the same behaviors you know certain times of the day or you know after lunch before lunch or you know when you wake up or before bedtime like those are all patterns yeah and that's when that's when you know like these are some of the the ways that you know these triggers are you know making these behaviors happen so it's important to pay attention to those for sure
3: yeah, I think I think that as adults, we just we have to be more patient with our the children in our lives because mm-hmm. otherwise, we're not going to put enough time and effort into making the change that we're hoping will happen. And it's like right. the you know, we want everything five minutes ago or now, and no, I'm like. <laughs> Doesn't work that your, your way. Chi- your child is <laughs> not on the same timetable as you are. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not even, they're not even on a timetable. They, but right, you're going. Well, that's going to happen. This has got to happen in five minutes. That's um, not to demean children, but that's like telling your cat or dog, "Okay, in five minutes. We're going for a walk." To the, <laughs> it, does, it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't. You know, it, does it doesn't leave. have the impact that it does for you. Uh, right. and yeah. that's Something that's. You know, we have to remind ourselves of and again if we don't reflect that that's why like I said I push staff to reflect because if they don't right. think back on their own actions and meeting their own needs and what that looks like, then they can't do it for the children and that's like you said, that cycle just keeps going and they go until the child is oh that child that child please take that child out of our program. okay well, right okay, let's say for instance I did that and I literally tell staff' going fine. This child moves on. This child is no longer an issue because the parents have moved or they decided to withdraw or whatever the case may be. But what happens when the next, insert child's name here, comes into your classroom? It may not be the original, you know, let's say Robert, uh, but what happens when the next Robert comes in? And if that child moves on and finally, whew, you don't have to deal with that Robert anymore. But then there's another, or it's a Roberta this time. Right. The, the point is, is that, again, if you don't, change your how you, your strategies how you put, conduct yourselves right then a, another child's going to fill that void and it's just going to happen
2: it's just going to be a yep. different child it's going to be the same issues on a different face right yeah no it's true so i uh, you know the parents just really need to be open-minded and and willing to um you know, to to put forth the effort in in creating the change because it's a dual effort. You can't just like expect the child to change without the parent mm-hmm. recognizing the the work that they need to put in. It. And it's so rewarding when you do get a parent like we had one. I have
3: one now who de- definitely you know, has those honest conversations with us and right. put forth the effort. Has follow, done the follow through at home, and mm-hmm. Al has made a t- huge turnaround. This was a child where you know he would walk into a classroom and you're like, uh, oh. you know, the this, this staff went, oh, I was hoping he was going to be absent today, <laughs> right? And I don't, I don't fault them because as a young teacher when I first came in the field, I had that, and I still remember my, I had my own. His name was Jay Allen. I still remember this child, and <laughs> looking at, it, if I had this child now, I think, yeah, I can handle this. He wouldn't be so bad. But then right. I was like, oh, you know, come on, does he really have to come today? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's true. We're only
2: human, and I know that. I know that parents have those same thoughts, which, which you know, that that's normal. But get, you know, figure it out. Find, find, find a way. Find your tribe, and you know, get get that support. No, it's it's it's, yeah, it's it's definitely rewarding when you get the parents. Yeah. And it will change the parents' lives and families' lives. <laughs> the whole, the entire family is going to, is going to benefit from, from that support when you, when you reach out. So it's, thank you so much for having this conversation about behavior and early childhood today. It's been so fun. <laughs> no. No. Um, anytime. Yeah, definitely. And I, I look forward to, um, to hopefully maybe collaborating in the future and, um, you know, it's always great to have guests on the show that, you know, that speak my language.
3: (laughs) I still remember I was thinking about it, reflecting about how we first connected on LinkedIn a couple of years or two, three years ago. And you gave us, you know, actually, I put, I actually, you know, utilized your advice. You gave it, I was like, well, I get free advice.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate uh, that, and, and, and for sharing that on the show as well. So no, yeah, That's it was. Awesome. Uh, it makes me feel good knowing that it worked. <laughs> no, very sound advice, and I'm
3: like, I, I go, yeah. I remember making that connection, going, this is, this is really meaningful. Not just because it's it's somebody who's actually I, I don't know I, you know, who's providing a resource that is yes. going. Hey, I just want to help. Not a, I'm trying to sell you something, or for a fee I can help you. You just gave honest advice and go here. This is what the, it wasn't a okay, but if you want additional help, here's you know you didn't plug anything, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, right? You know that that genuine help. It's not something you know. It's not something every everybody gives. And I like right that uh, I know it's and I, 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 I just if, before we sign off, I, I told a staff person today that. I appreciated her and because she went to a college that wasn't accredited and she really wanted to be promoted and somebody else who is gonna have the credentials sooner who technically is below her in title is look is has the potential of getting a promotion above her and I thanked her today for being so gracious about it. She's like well, not a big deal. She goes it's you know, I I didn't realize this college wasn't accredited, this that or the other and the other thing and i'm like yo but you don't understand not every adult or every person will have that sense of perspective that open mindedness that that ability yeah. to look at things from a mature perspective mm-hmm. there are plenty of people out there who went this is not fair and will not take responsibility for their actions right it's true and those are the those are the ones who will stay in that cycle, or probably, right. hopefully, we
2: can get to those children who don't. So, do they don't turn into adults like that? Exactly. Yep. And that that is our mission. That is the mission <laughs> to reach the children when they are young.
3: <laughs> no, because once they get to adults, it's it's. I yep. still remember reading an article. I I keep bringing it up every so often and I have to search for it again. But it was this guy, this person who's teaching a job, doing a job coaching class for adults. And his biggest frustration was like the lack of self-regulation and some – he just made this list of skills that all had a social-emotional aspect to them. And he's like, these are skills that children should have learned. They should have learned as children. So I can't teach different. them to hold on a job if they can't do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's what I tell staff repeatedly. We need to get to them and teach those skills so when they get to that point, they can be right. a successful yep. part of society.
2: It's true, though. and that, And that's really what we have to conceptualize in the work of early childhood is teaching these skills early on. Is really mastering these skills for adulthood, for like living in the real world. Right. And the more that we recognize the huge importance of that, then maybe we'll begin to sort of uh, decrease some of the stigma that we have surrounding, you know, child behavior and not looking at it from like such a negative standpoint. Yeah, if we could just have, you know,
3: a few more healthy adults walking around in the next 10 or 15, 20 years, I'll be happy.
2: (laughs) Yes, I agree. (laughs) Less
3: occurrence on the news.
2: Yes. Uh, Yep. Yep. And, you know, we're part of of that mission and and helping create those happy, healthy, you know, thriving families. And there isn't a day that doesn't go by that I constantly think about that and, and know how much... It's needed, you know, I mean, we're raising future leaders of the world and that's important and it starts in early childhood. Well, before
3: we go, I want to say I do, I do truly do value um, having, you know, a a partnership with you because having somebody, those who go into the home and help the parents reinforce what we're trying to reinforce with them when they're with us is an invaluable resource because they're not, so many parents, I don't want to say won't do it on their own, but don't have the persistence or the the, the, the
2: right.
3: i mean it's like a diet they don't have the the, the strength to do it on their own and then right. that coach with them so having yeah. like you in the home
2: is an incredible resource thank you i really i appreciate that <laughs> i I'm, I'm sure my families can agree i hope <laughs> well they should because that's definitely like <laughs> And it's almost like taking a
3: personal trainer home with you from the gym. <laughs> you know, having somebody yeah. who's there helping reinforce that because if they're not, if, if they don't get that reinforcement, they may fall off. You know, the peruvable wagon and fall down right. their habits and yeah, you know, see the change yeah. they need to make happen. If they don't, if they right. keep, they don't get that support, right? You can't follow yeah, follow them home. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I,
3: seriously. <laughs> I mean, I, I wish there were more hours in a day and more time I could spend with the teachers to give them the tools they needed. Um, right. I literally, I, I do. You know, I take so much home with me and t- keep in touch with my staff at home and do. Yeah. I mean, I always say this is a field that I will. I may retire from a job, but I'll never retire from the profession.
2: Right. Yeah. No, you're doing you're doing amazing things. You know, I, I commend you and. And, you know, in in that position that you're doing specifically, because our teachers need, especially the early childhood, they really, really need that, um, that expertise and to learn the tools and strategies to help these kids, because it's so important. And it's, it, you know, the same for for your position is just as invaluable. With the more the more we have it um, in schools, and you know, I did consulting when I was back in Brooklyn like two years ago. It, it, it's huge. It, it really makes a huge difference in these schools, and it's important. Yeah, so, nice. kids definitely need it. Yeah, and the parents as well. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming on the show, and uh, we will definitely connect again soon so have a fabulous night you too thank you again all right bye Bye. well thank you so much for tuning in to parenting with a punch show it was such a pleasure having michael on this evening and please be sure to stay tuned the sex series is starting uh this week so be on the lookout for that and as always keep asking for more check out my Costa Rica couples retreat happening November 1st through the 7th of 2018 early bread pricing ends this Saturday, June 9th. So make sure you grab your spot. There's only eight couples allowed. Thanks again. Have
1: a good night. Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch? no, this is parenting with a punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with a punch. Class is in session. Please be seated. Behaviors that get attention get repeated. Avoid the power struggle because it will get you heated. Listen to Amanda because she knows how to teach it. Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with a punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with a punch. Yeah, yeah. Oh oh oh
2: oh